The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Let's try to burn off! Run right to the back of him! What's known in football terms as a slam dunk. Daytime Fireworks, I'm your host, Zach Barry. Joining me as he does each and every week of the college football season. Mr. David Brandt of the Associated Press. David, the regular season is over. Ole Miss does it again. 10-2, second time in three seasons, defeating Mississippi State on Thanksgiving, 17-7. It was a doozy of an Egg Bowl. And, uh, yeah, by doozy, I mean lowercase d. Like, it was a very uh, <laughs> very mundane. Um, I-, I told uh, – my one of my best friends mississippi state grad and i love him and you know as we've gotten older david it's gotten less and less i don't think it was ever vitriolic we would poke fun at each other during the week but now you know we each send each other a text before the game we say good luck and uh you know hey good luck i love you and then you know that's about it like we don't really say much anymore you know we're 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 grown men you know we're almost 36 years old and after the mature yeah yeah we we've matured we've we've learned we've we've uh we've grown as as people but um after the game his brother-in-law texted me and him and was like what the hell that game was so boring and i was like yeah i was so bored that i switched from red wine to white wine Uh, (laughs) but uh nevertheless Ole Miss 10 and 2 now um 6 and 2 in the sec a hell of a year uh you know it's we've we've tooted our own horn on this show all year david when we've hit some and i felt pretty uneasy about my 10 and 2 prediction before the year started um and uh you know i'll be damned if uh didn't get it right so what do you think about the egg bowl did you think it was boring? Oh, it was the same thing. I mean, it was just like, when's this thing actually going to get started? You know what I mean? Like you keep, <laughs> you keep, you know, cause I was, we, we had family. I was checking on it in and out and all that stuff. I was like, gosh, but yeah, it was, you know, usually the uh, Thursday night egg bowl was kind of a, a showcase for the game, yeah. you know, good or bad for the country. But uh, this one was still, I mean, there's, there's been some moments where like people are probably in other states are like, oh my gosh, these people are nuts. But uh, yeah, but yeah, this, this time it was just like, oh, I don't know. It just, it took a little while The you know, the end of the game got a little better, but yeah, that was a, it was a sleepy egg bowl. That's for sure. I'll say this. It was really cool to, uh, to see Caden Priestcorn get the, you know, the clincher put the game away. He's had a rough year. Um, 
with the injury, his father passing away, um, you know, he's, you know, I don't know if many people know you, if, if you didn't, you know, by now, after the episode of the season last week, you know, he has a, he has a young boy. He's got another, uh, he's got a little girl on the way. So, I mean, he's a family man. Like he's, he's grown. And I can't imagine just everything he went through this year was probably just really tough on him. You know, as a, as a player, you, you want to be healthy. You want to be a part of the offense of the program. You want to be that go-to guy. And he wasn't able to be that most of the season because of the, the nagging injury. And then just the tragedy of losing your father. I can't imagine, you know, juggling that along with everything else. And then very cool back-to-back weeks, he gets touchdown receptions and then, yeah, puts it away. Just a brilliant play call. Priest Corn sold it. I mean, perfectly dart. I had some people say that it, the way he rode that fake, it was very Matt Corral-esque. Um, but I don't know. What, I, I thought, talking with several people, Kiffin called that game very similar to how he called the Auburn game and the Arkansas game where he knew that the defense was going to get stops and he knew the game was never really going to be in doubt or in question. And he was just trying to, you know, not try to do too much and just kind of stick to what they do best. And Quinshawn Judkins had a big day. Dart got knocked around, but made the throws when he needed to. Yeah, it was just, you know, and and I think you got to give Mississippi State a little credit too. I that was a proud program that that played really hard. You know, they obviously don't have the particularly on offense the weapons really yeah. needed to beat a team like Ole Miss, but you could tell they were motivated. They came out there showed a lot of pride. So I you know, the game was in Starkville. I think sometimes you just got to credit the other team. I I do agree with you that Ole Miss I I don't want to say had a conservative game plan, but certainly was not going to you know, just totally open up the playbook for this one. And it kind of bit them for a little while, but it it all worked out. Like you said, it was nice to see Caden Priest Corn get get the big play. Um, you know, for some reason all year he's reminded me, you know, not really as a player, but just the whole Dawson Knox time, you know, because they never could seem to find a way to use Dawson yeah. Knox uh particularly well during his time and obviously he's gone on to have a pretty good NFL career so I, I it was just good to see Priest Corps get involved and you know mm. again we've talked about it many times but this is what good teams do you you go into a game against a motivated but undermanned opponent and you just kind of slowly put them away so kind yeah. of a boring game as far as egg bowls go but I you know 10 and 2 like you said second time in three years these are these are good times to be an Ole Miss fan yeah, and you said credit to Mississippi State, and Dart said as much after the game where he said, hey, they did a lot of stuff that we we, we weren't expecting them to do. Um, they showed some different looks. Um, they were very uh, calculated with, with what they did. Um, I, I think after, after the first quarter and a half, second quarter, uh, it, it became – pretty clear that they were going to bring pressure in the a gaps especially on third downs that was when they were trying to really get after Ole Miss and really put the the onus on Quinshawn Judkins and Ulysses Bentley to have to pick up a linebacker that was coming through free so um yeah credit state showed some different looks um you know interim coach so they had nothing to lose and but hey also on the other side credit to the defense Pete Golding and them had a plan they got after Will Rogers early and often. He made some throws here and there, but you know they they put the clamps down on third downs and fourth downs late in the game and 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 put them away. And Dart hit Priest Corn for the big one, but yeah, Judkins ran hard. Bentley had some good runs, and um, you know for a a defense that took away, you know, arguably Ole Miss's best player all year, Trey Harris. He 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 wasn't a huge factor. Um, you know, Kiffin just found a mismatch and exposed it until uh until they ended up winning. Yeah, yeah, it wasn't. You know, this is this is one of those that's not like a super exciting one to di- dissect a lot of times, but they got it done. It, it was no. very Iowa esque. Yeah, well, it's. It, 
that's a good segue here into um kind of our next topic as Ole Miss's regular season is done. They're not in the SEC championship game, obviously, so they are awaiting their fate for postseason play. Uh, I've seen a lot of talk about the Citrus Bowl, um, but our very own Andy Staples put out some projections, um, and he has Ole Miss playing in the Cotton Bowl against Texas. Um, a lot of things have to shake out this weekend, David. We'll, we'll see what happens in championship week. We'll get into that in uh, in our final segment when we uh, pick championship week games. But, um, yeah, I think it's – Andy Staples is as connected as anyone. So there's a reason why he thinks Ole Miss will play Texas in the Cotton Bowl. I think there's a lot of reasons why that could happen. Um, yeah. But looking at the Citrus Bowl, it, 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 if, if it is, in fact, the Citrus Bowl, barring Iowa shocking everyone and beating Michigan in the Big Ten title game, which would be amazing. <laughs> oh, yeah. It would just be amazing. Just like a, like a, you know, beating them like 11 to 10 would just be right. incredible. Um, like a late, late safety. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, I, I think you could see kind of a, almost like a redo of the egg bowl. An Ole Miss Iowa game would be very similar. Um, I was extremely limited offensively there. I, when I say that, I'm being nice. Like they are not good offensively. Um, they just they play really hard had defense. One of the right. They've had one of the most amazing seasons in recent college history. Because <laughs> like the way we rip on Iowa, and I mean I I do too. The offense looks terrible. You would think they were like seven and five, but they're not because that division it's, in it's the incredible. Big Ten is so bad that they can win all those games, thirteen to ten. You know, and it's. What they've done is pretty incredible. And what's the defensive coordinator's name that's escaping me at this time? But, man, if he doesn't – he ought to be in the running for uh, assistant coach of the year. Yeah, I, honestly, yeah. I mean, it's it's truly remarkable that, that Iowa's been able to win 10 games with what they put on the field. Phil Park um, is the defensive coordinator. Oh, yeah. He's been, he's been amazing. Bill's the man. He's been there since 1999, David. Know, well, and if, if you're there somewhere <laughs> that long, you ought to know about defense, particularly in yeah. Iowa. He's been awesome. He's, he's been through everything. Um, but, yeah, I, I think that a Citrus Bowl against Iowa, that would be fun. Almost doesn't play Iowa a lot. I, I don't know if they've ever played. Um, I had somebody ask me the other day if, you know, Ole Miss plays Oklahoma next year. You know, has, has, has Ole Miss ever played? Oklahoma and you know they played one time in the 99 Independence Bowl I was about to say there was an Independence Bowl where they played but yeah it hasn't been yeah. often yeah they won uh was it 27 uh 25 um that sounds right but, I always they had they in the indoor practice facility they have all the banners hanging up from all the bowls yeah. and I would always see that one <laughs> I remember that one. Oh, Les Bankley uh yeah because I, I I was some friends were asking me the other night. And I was like, yep. I was like, Independence Bowl 99's last game of the 20th century. Ole I was like, because, yeah, Eichel. and they, right. And they beat right before midnight hit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And if, 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 uh, if folks don't remember, that was Bob Stoops' first season as head coach. In year two, he won a national championship. How insane is that? <laughs> he, he got it going in a hurry. That's how, yeah. well, I mean, it, it reminds me of, you know, how could you remember Nick Saban? I remember uh, the first year Alabama. Remember them using losing to Louisiana Monroe. Yeah, uh, yeah, State, I remember that. Yeah. Oh yeah, and then that didn't happen again. No, 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 no. Um, but yeah, Ole Miss has never played Iowa. That would be fun. I mean, it's a all jokes aside, it's a marquee brand. Um, it's a passionate fan base. Uh, we actually met a Iowa fan. Um, we met this big time Iowa fan. We were in Athens and we were talking to him just about their atmosphere. Obviously the, you know, Kinnick stadium, the wave to the children's hospital was super cool. Um, but he was, he was pitching us like, Hey man, just come to a game. Like it's so much fun. Um, you know, everybody. It is a beautiful campus up there. Beautiful. Yeah, that I mean, was, it, I played. He, uh, you know, he, go ahead. So when did you, when did you go there? Well, I, I actually played small college 
college baseball at a place called oh, yeah, Truman okay, State. Right. And Iowa was one of the very few Division ones we played. And so we okay. would go up there to play. You know, it was just like a midweek game. Both of us needed a, a game. And it was just a, you know, especially like in May, I'm sure Iowa in January wouldn't be much fun. But in <laughs> May, it was really nice. Um, yeah. The campus was beautiful. Like, I, I can see why. I've never been to the football stadium, but the, the campus just generally is very nice. Yeah, he was, you know, he, he's never been to Oxford. You know, he said, you know, I'll do respect. Um, you know, it's probably not as as big time as the Grove, but he said that their tailgating is a lot of fun. People love to welcome in the visiting fans and or just people that have never been there. Um, so, yeah, Iowa would be a lot of fun, but I do think it would be very similar to that Egg Bowl. Um, now, how different of a bowl game is it for Lane Kiffin and this Ole Miss team that's going to be striving to win 11 games for the first time ever? That happened a couple of years ago with Matt Corral. I think they were motivated. And then Matt Corral gets hurt. The rest is history. Baylor puts it on them. Ole Miss can't get it done with a backup quarterback. But, yeah, I mean, I, I, I do think it would be a ton of fun to play a Big Ten team in a, you know, New Year's Day bowl game. But I, I think if there's any fireworks in that game, David, it would have to be just Ole Miss's offense finding some kind of weakness and putting up, you know, 21, 24 points. Or it would just, have to be like literal fireworks. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> day, daytime fireworks. Right, exactly. Because the Citrus Bowl, I believe, is during the day. Um, so, um, but looking at the flip side, let's say Andy Staples has it has it pegged, and I don't know if Texas. I I think Texas would have to lose to Oklahoma State because honestly, Texas with. 12 and one with a big 12 championship. Their only um, defeat is at the hands of Oklahoma and they have a win against Alabama. It's a pretty impressive That's a good resume. resume. Yeah. So I think they would have to lose, but look, I cotton bowl, Texas, Ole Miss. I mean, that is a moneymaker. And then some, <laughs> I was about to say like, you, you know, we were talking about the Iowa game, and that would be fun, but not when you compare it to Texas Ole Miss in the Cotton mm-hmm. Bowl. Like, there were certain – Iowa misses Ole Miss would be a, a, a fine matchup, and that would be a good game. But when you compare it to Texas, that, yeah, like you said, that's a moneymaker. That's a huge, huge matchup. Yeah. Um I think that would be a fun one, too. I, I think Texas would probably be favored. But no Jonathan Brooks makes it interesting. Um, you know, they don't have the the big-time running back. Quinn Ewers would have to really spread it around. And, you know, Texas has kind of stumbled here and there in the later parts of uh, the season. You know, they, they've won out, but, you know, struggled against Oklahoma with what they do. And Ole Miss's offense can be very similar because – at the time, Oklahoma, the offensive coordinator was Jeff Levy. Um, so a lot of similarities in what Levy does offensively, and it gave Texas issues. So, um, yeah, that would be – it would be two very different types of fun in terms of a bowl game. Right. I mean, I think it would be – it. you know, it's just I, – I remember back to that home-and-home home series when Texas came to – to uh, Oxford and just all that atmosphere. I mean, it's just, there's yeah. just no, no disrespect to Iowa at all, which I think has a great football brand and is underrated mm-hmm. as far as how much they care about football, but it's just hard to beat, especially with Texas coming into the sec next year. Texas is good. You know, as we always, Texas is back. I actually think mm-hmm. Texas is back, uh, you know, playing good football. That that just be, you know, Iowa Ole Miss, good matchup. Texas Ole Miss, great matchup. That's kind of yeah. the difference. I think I think you can't go wrong either way, but sure, if you're an Ole Miss fan, I understand why you're rooting for Texas. Yeah, absolutely. All right. We mentioned Jeff Levy. We'll get into that in the second segment. So let's take our first break. When we come back, we'll talk about the hiring of the former Ole Miss offensive coordinator in Starkville and uh, kind of how it affects this uh, 
this now budding rivalry all of a sudden. So hang tight. We'll be right back with David Brandt and Daytime Fireworks. Are you looking at cutting your health insurance premiums by as much as 20 to 30%? Are you aging into Medicare and need help finding a Medicare supplement plan? Call Drew Moak of USA Benefits Group at 601-953-8449. Drew is an Ole Miss grad located in Mississippi and licensed in seven states. He works with the nation's second largest health insurance brokerage with access to 35 different carriers, and he can help you with any of your health insurance needs. From regular health plans to life insurance to dental and vision and even Medicare, he has it all covered. Now more than ever, it is critical to have a health insurance agent who is local and accessible. So call Drew Moak at 601 601- 953-8449 and get your free quote today. The College Corner is headed to Oxford. Stop by their new location in the Oxford Commons off Sisk Avenue. They'll have 4,000 square feet of Rebel gear ready for your trip to the Grove. On your next trip to Oxford, stop by the College Corner or our other great locations in Ridgeland and Flowood. Hats, shirts, polos, pullovers, sweats, t-shirts. College Corner has it all. And as always, you can visit us online at collegecornerstore.com. That's collegecornerstore.com. The College Corner, where your game day apparel meets. This podcast also comes to you thanks to Bluff City Advisory Group, Memphis's leading team of finance professionals who can provide advanced assistance with financial planning, pension, and qualified plan support, and business and estate planning strategies as well. Former Ole Miss Rebel and founding partner Ben Still, along with his elite-level customer service team, make it their goal to help you meet the ongoing demands of your financial needs. Learn about this and more at bluffcityadvisory.com. And we are back here, daytime fireworks. Zach Barry, David Brandt here with you. All right, David. So Ole Miss defeats Mississippi State. Greg Knox not not given the job. The Egg Bowl has sometimes <laughs> has sometimes lent some good fortune to some interim coaches. They've they've gotten the full time gig. Did not happen this time around. Mississippi State winds up putting the finishing touches on their search on Sunday, hires Jeff Levy, spent a couple seasons in Oxford with Lane Kiffin, with Matt Corral, put up some big numbers offensively, moves on to his alma mater at Oklahoma, does the same thing there with Brent Venables and uh, his buddy Dylan Gabriel, who came over um, from UCF, where Levy was also there, coached him. Um what are your initial thoughts of the hire? I, I've got some I've got some thoughts here, but just in general, the direction that Mississippi State chose to go here, what do you think? Generally, I think it's very good. I mean, to be quite honest, if you're if you're gonna go the assistant route, um, I I think this was as close to a home run hire as you can get. I mean, you know, obviously with assistant coaches that have never been head coaches. There's always, you know, you you don't know what they're going to be like when they step into that big chair. But, you know, for a guy that that's still he's young, but he's not ridiculously young. Like I, you know, Arizona State hired Kenny Dillingham, who's 32. And I think at times he has shown his relative lack of experience. He, He didn't have a terrible first year, but I think. 32 is pushing it as far as as young as you want to get, you know, Levy's closer to 40. I think he's 39. He's been an offensive coordinator now at Ole Miss, Oklahoma. You know, he was at UCF, I believe for a while, obviously at Baylor for a while. Um, So I I think that if you're going to go this direction, there's some risk always hiring uh, a coordinator, but I, I like what Mississippi state has done here. For me, um, I guess there are two ways to look at it. So for Mississippi State, really fell flat on its face with the Zach Arnett hire. And, you know, it's – That was just a tough situation. I Yeah, because yeah. you're right, they did. But they were in – it was just a really weird, unprecedented situation. And there was no right. – I don't know. It was just tough. Yeah, I I don't fault him for it. I always thought Arnett was just the bridge to get to the next guy. Right. Because um, he, you know, a coordinator who had no head coaching experience, 
um, everything that unfolded there and, and the unfortunate passing of, of Mike Leach. And I always thought, yeah, it made sense. Keep the staff there, keep a guy, try to get some commits to stick with you, even though Leach was no longer the head coach. And for the most part, that's what happened. But going after a guy like Levy, who, yeah, 39 years old, one of the better coordinators in the country, a, you know, respected name in the offensive play calling department, offensive play calling industry, if you will. Uh, and I think they, they got it right with going offense. Um, I, I honestly, it's tough to go defensive head coach. Um, you know, now there's some great examples of that, but I also think that the examples of a quote defensive head coach, they're in very, dare I say, advantageous jobs. Kirby Smart, Nick Saban, Dan Lanning. Yeah, sure. Defensive guys, but they've got a lot of resources and they've got a lot of good players, so that helps. Um, I, I think it's a good fit for Mississippi State just because of what he's going to try to do. You know, bring back the excitement of scoring. And, you know, Arnett was pushing the narrative of, you know, hey, we're going to bring Smash Mouth back to Starkville, which they haven't been Smash Mouth in a long time. I mean, I I wouldn't even consider Dan Mullen Smash Mouth. He was just a, you know, a spread offense that just ran the football well. Um, right. I don't think it was Smash Mouth, but, yeah, Arnett was trying to – No, I wouldn't call – yeah, I wouldn't call Mullen smash mouth, but he, I mean, he obviously did have a running element to his game and I thought they were fairly mm -hmm. physical, but I, I yeah. wouldn't call them smash mouth either. Um, but yeah, I, I think, you know, he's going to have to find a quarterback. He's going to have to get a quarterback that fits what he wants to do quickly. Um, whether it's fair or not, I think the fan base is going to be impatient and they're going to, want him to win quickly and to be competitive in the sec uh how quickly can he do that we'll see um it's just the the big thing for me here is just the tie to Ole Miss and how that's going to affect the egg bowl and i don't it's it's no secret that levy and kiffin had a falling out they didn't really see eye to eye towards the end of that relationship. Um, you know, whether that was, you know, Kiffin was, was pretty absent early on in his Ole Miss tenure. He was back and forth from Boca. Um, you know, he was doing that whole thing and, you know, he's a very different coach now. I think Lane Kiffin is a, uh, he would probably admit that to you and, and, and tell you point blank, like, Hey, I was probably still, going through a lot of stuff and was still pretty immature and kind of wanted to do things my own way. And I listened to anybody and I think he's, you know, matured and developed as a head coach. And now he's a much different head coach, but I think Levy took exception to that early on and towards the end before he left that, you know, there was some, there was some bad blood there to say the least. Um, so I think it really kind of pitted Levy against Kiffin around the program, around the town. And so I don't know if the rivalry will be as toxic as it was with Dan Mullen and, and Hugh Freeze. Um, you know, maybe a different kind of toxic, if you will. Like they'll, they'll probably play nice in front of the cameras, but they both want to beat each other's ass. No question about it. Yeah, and I think a little bit of that is is really good. And honestly, Mississippi State, just in my, you know, 15, 20 years of covering that program to some degree, like, that's important for that program. You know, that kind of chip on the shoulder type mentality, not just towards the Egg Bowl, but towards the SEC in general. Um, I'm not sure that's always healthy, but I, I think that's important for that fan base. And I think that Levy will bring that. Um, I think the, like you said, the personal connection, I, I had honestly kind of forgotten. I mean, I remember there was a little bit of a falling out, but I, I, you know, you would know much more about that than I do, but yeah, I think a little, you know, a little personal animosity has never, that's not a foreign concept to the egg bowl. So I, I think that 
I don't know if you want to get back to, you know, the Mullen freeze days where it got a little out of control, but uh, a little spice to the egg bowl. I don't mind that. And, and I think that, again, that's just an important trait. I, I didn't get into that, but I, I agree with you totally that I think Levy is just a good fit personality wise for Mississippi State. And so I, I generally really like this hire. Yeah, I, I, for a job that we talked about this, probably the toughest job next to Vanderbilt in the SEC. Uh, they, they, they have a lot of work to do in terms of NIL. They've got to get NIL situated. I know that there have been some struggles with that in the last two years. That's probably going to be his biggest concern outside of rebuilding the roster is you got to get that initiative ramped up. And Yeah. Well, you got to get your quarterback. I mean, whether yeah. whether that's whether that's nil related or not, and it probably is to some degree. Um, like you said, it's just you got to have a quarterback. Yeah, got to get somebody that can work in that system. But it, I, I, yeah, I, I think I think Levy could certainly work there. I just don't know what level of work we're going to get to. You know, well, that, that's five, totally eight, true. Four, what is the, you know, what was interesting is just before we started talking today, I was looking at the uh, resume of Mark Stoops and, you know, he's been at Kentucky now 11 years and, yeah. you know, seven and five this year, nice went over Louisville. And I, I just got to thinking like if the cards play right, you know, Mark Stoops could be there 20 years, you know, if they have a couple big years coming. So, you know, I agree that like, you know, what is your expectation for success? Can you have some seven and fives in there? And yeah. if you can, then I think that, and, and this isn't just Levy. This is really any coach. It's like how realistic can sure. you be about the situation you're in? Yeah. And so um, I think if they are, you know, if you can get some seven and fives and eight and fours in there, then I think that Levy might be the right. But if you're expecting him to go, you know, 10 and two, 11 and two, like have the run that Ole Miss has, I, that's just that's just going to be tough. That was tough for Ole Miss to do. I mean, I think we, yeah. we're understating what a great job Blade Kiffin has done. Yeah, that's the big thing. It, the I think the three things that he's going to have to really nail, he's going to have to get a quarterback that can do what he wants to do. NIL is going to have to get ramped up and corrected in a hurry. And third, you got to put together a legitimate staff. Um Probably going to see a lot of getting the band back together. Probably going to be some familiar names down there in Starkville. You know, probably going to see Randy Clements coaching the offensive line. Um, you know, I don't know if Joe John Finley will leave Oklahoma to go down there to coach tight ends. Uh, there's been some rumblings that he might try to get John David Baker from Ole Miss to come down there and elevate him to a, you know, a play calling or some kind of co-OC associate head coach type role. Um, you know, he's going to have to find some names that will not only help him recruit and, you know, give it some some oomph, some some flavor, but going to have to, you know, hire guys that can help you win. Um, you know, does he hire Kendall Bryles away from TCU? Does he bring in his father-in-law, Art Bryles, which, I mean, that's a whole different can of worms oh, we can open up with. Oh, I, you have to think. Art I Riles just can't gonna... see that happening now. I, I'm sure there's there's some. <laughs> He'll be around there, the yeah. program regardless right. because he's his father-in-law. But right, you know that's a big thing. You know, state had to be okay with that, right? Because Oklahoma exactly. certainly wasn't. Right, because wasn't Art Browns on the sideline one game or something like that? Yeah, and he got. Yeah, it, was, and Ven yeah. And Venables was not happy, and Levy was kind of like well, you know, I'm going to continue to have him here and invite him here because, you know, right. he's the he grandfather is my father of my kids. So right. I don't think that sat well with Oklahoma and, you know, the brass there. And, you know, maybe this was just an amicable split and it's good for everybody where, you know, hey, he, he leaves Oklahoma and he goes to Mississippi State, gets an opportunity. Um, but nevertheless, I'm intrigued by it. I always respected Levy as a play caller, as an O.C., he was a good recruiter and um, yeah, it'll be fun. I mean, sure. Ole Miss fans love the egg bowl to be one-sided and to win year in year out, but 
yeah, also as a college football fan, it'll be good for those games to be exciting on Thanksgiving and to, you know, pack a punch, like you said, and the eyes of national media, national, you know, fans of college football across the country will get to tune in to a, uh, a really juicy, entertaining game with Levy and Kiffin going head to head. Yeah, I, I just, I mean, at some point you do Mississippi State. Obviously, again, they've had a rough go of it these last couple of years. Uh, the situation with Mike Leach's untimely mm-hmm. death, and then Zach Arnett, like you said, they kind of got caught where they had to make a move there. So, you know, I mean, Mississippi State was always going to, you know, they're going to bounce back, and so this is, yeah, this is, I think, the beginning of that to some degree. We'll see how much they bounce back, but I think yeah. this is a. a pretty good step in that direction yeah all right final break when we come back we'll get into championship week we'll run through the uh we'll do all of them we'll do uh we'll do the big power five championship games we'll give our picks so hang tight and we will be right back cooler temperatures are right around the corner and as i like to say it's the perfect time to play around round of golf And if you're looking for a premier golf course in Northwest Mississippi or the Memphis, Tennessee area, go to Cherokee Valley Golf Club in Olive Branch, 15 minutes from the Memphis International Airport. With those cooler temps, you might want to stay warm and comfortable on the course this fall. Go in the clubhouse and check out their new selection of outerwear from Travis Matthew and FootJoy, including FootJoy's new lightweight hoodie. This 18-hole par 72 course includes four sets of tees to accommodate all players, and has 11 lakes, 52 bunkers, and the wide zoysia fairways and extra-large champion Bermuda greens and clean roughs make for an excellent opportunity every single time to post a number. If you need a premier golf experience in the Mid-South, go to Cherokee Valley Golf Club. Call them at 662-893-4444 or check them out, olivebranchgolf.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Final segment here, Daytime Fireworks. David Brandt from the Associated Press joining us here. Talk of Champions Podcast Network. I do want to remind you this show is brought to you by Drew Moak and the good folks at USA Benefits Group. If you're looking to cut those premiums in half, 20 30%, got to get those premiums down as much as you can. If you're aging into Medicare, you need help finding a Medicare supplement plan. Drew is your guy. Give him a call, 601-953-8449. He's an Ole Miss grad. He's located in the state of Mississippi. He's also licensed in seven states. He works with the nation's second largest health insurance brokerage. He has access to 35 different carriers, so he can definitely help you with uh, your health insurance needs. So regular health plans, life insurance, dental, vision, Medicare. He's got it all covered. Now more than ever, Like we always say, it's critical to not only have someone that is local as your health insurance agent, but also accessible, and that is Drew Moak. Give him a call, 601-953-8449, or visit him at usabg.com slash D-M-O-A-K and get your free quote today. All right, championship week, Friday. Kick it off in a big way. 7 p.m. ABC, Allegiant Stadium in Las Vegas, Oregon, Washington, the rematch. 
Right now, number six, Oregon, number four, Washington. I imagine those rankings will change this evening as we record this on Tuesday. Oregon, as big as a nine and a half point favorite right now. What do you, you think? know when you talked about a when you talked about a big game? I'm surprised you left out New Mexico State and Liberty right <laughs> there. I was ready to get depth on that, but in in all seriousness, you know, I told you that two weeks ago I covered Oregon uh, playing Arizona State. And mm-hmm. that's as good. And I mean, Arizona State is a very flawed team, but they actually have had an okay defense for most of the year. Oregon, what they did offensively was one of the most impressive things I've ever seen going out to a 42 to nothing lead on the road by halftime. Um, yeah. I think Bo Nix looks really good. That offensive line is outstanding. They've got good receivers. The defense is, is good. It's hard to know how good they are because they haven't gotten in a game at least lately too often where they've had to although they look great against Oregon State uh the other day so I just think I I think that Washington is still good I like Michael Penix I just think Oregon you know if you told me Oregon won the national championship this year I would not be surprised that team looked really really good the last time I saw them. Mm-hmm. I will go as far as to say I think I think Oregon might be the best team in the country right now. I it's either them or Georgia, I'd yeah. say at this point. And if you and I think you can make a very good case for Oregon right now. Yeah, I, I it's almost kind of one of those where you get a loss out of the way early, and it just motivates you to no end the rest of the way. Um, right. Dan Lanning has has built a monster out there in the Pacific Northwest. Um. You know, a lot of people have said, you know, he's just got a a, a Pacific Northwest Georgia now. Um, you know, he learned under Kirby Smart. They're extremely physical. The defense is very active. They 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 turn you over. They've got some playmakers at all three levels. And then offensively, I I, I did not see this coming from Bo Nix. Um, no, wow. and and I I want to talk. You know, we talked talked about this on the show that Auburn couldn't turn him. You know, because remember at Auburn, he was always such a wild card. Like, sometimes he'd play well, but sometimes, yeah, you know, you just didn't know what to expect. He looks awesome with Oregon. And, you know, I, th- I think landing in the system, but he's really – you talk about – the only other quarterback I can think of that really grew as much as he did was a, was a man named Dakota Prescott at Mississippi State, <laughs> who obviously turned into – he improved more as a quarterback than I've ever seen in college. Bo Nix would be a close second. Yeah, I thought you were going to go with Jaden Daniels. Um, well, Jaden Daniels is awesome, and yeah, uh, he's up there too. Uh, now that you mention it, yeah, I mean he was good as a true freshman. Really dropped off as a sophomore, transfers to LSU, and then takes off. I, speaking of Jaden Daniels, I think this is Bo Nix's Heisman moment. I think yes, I think this is where he either wins or loses it. Yeah, this is he's get he's got the extra game, and you know, look, I don't think many people realize he's thrown for more yards than Jane Daniels, and you know, he he's got he like beca- thirty eight touchdowns and two interceptions or something like that. Yeah, something I, I mean, crazy. He's been phenomenal all year. Earlier this season, he became the most experienced college quarterback ever. He started more games than anybody in, in college. I think that that paired with just the edge that they've played with all year since losing that game to Washington. I think it gives them an edge and Washington has been really flirting with disaster. Right. Washington just does not look like the same team. I mean, they're still good. You know, I think there's obviously they're good enough that they could still win this game, but they're not trending in the correct direction. And Oregon is. Yeah. I don't know how many they're going to invite to New York. Uh, they they change it every year. I don't know if it'll be three or four. I definitely think Bo Nix and Michael Penix will both be there with Jaden Daniels. It just depends on are they going to yeah. invite four and then, you know, probably Marvin Harrison Jr., I guess. I think it um, depends on – they usually try to find kind of a natural break in the voting. You know what I mean? Like if there's, right. if there's four guys kind of clumped towards the top, they'll bring four. If it's three, they bring three. Yeah. Um. I think this is where Nick's wins the trophy. I think he wins the Heisman with this game. Um, I kind of want to lay the points here, to be honest, David. I, I think what, – What is it right now? 
nine and a half. Um, I, I just think that offensively they can do so many things to attack you. They can run the football with Bucky Irving. Um, I, I really like Troy Franklin, who has you know set the yardage and touchdown record in a single season at Oregon. Um, Bo Nix has just been great. I, I think that um, Ferguson, the tight end, is a is a nightmare to cover. And you know they've got Herbert's little brother. Um, he also... he had two. He was good. He he was yeah. good. He had a couple touchdown catches for that game. Yeah, they can uh they can go two tight ends and and not skip a beat. They can still sling it around. But yeah, Treshawn Holden, the the Alabama transfer receivers had a good season. Yeah, they just just I think just too much explosive play, too many explosive plays. And I think Penix is going to really be put behind the eight ball early, and he's going to have to try to make some plays and maybe forces a throw or two, and, and Oregon turns him over and and kind of runs away with it. I don't know if it'll be a route. I, I think, you know, maybe a 13-point a win, something like that. I, I think Penix and Odunze and Jalen Polk are good enough to keep it close early. I do – Kalen DeBoer, I'm really interested to see how he handles this game from a play calling standpoint. Are they going to try to keep Oregon off the field and and try to run the football? I, I it's going to be hard to go right at Oregon though, right? Yeah, I mean, I it certainly seems that way. Again, Arizona State when I watched them was not capable of going after really anyone at the time, so it was pretty easy for for Oregon, but. The, yeah. the thing with Washington, like you said, they've been flirting with disaster 24-21 to Washington State, 22-20 yeah. against Oregon State. I really haven't seen their offense look like it did early in the season since the USC game, and I'm pretty sure like Madison Central could put up 21 against USC this year. <laughs> um, so I don't know what that means. I just think – I think Oregon will – outscore the I'm not saying Oregon's going to put up 60 or something they certainly could but yeah. it does feel like a 41-27 type game you know where yeah. Washington is competitive is in there but at the end of the day they just can't you know slow down Oregon enough often enough to to get the win I just don't again I think these are two ships passing in the night as far as how they're yeah. playing right now I agree all right Saturday 11 a.m on ABC as well Oklahoma State, Texas, AT&T Stadium in Arlington. I'm looking at 14 and a half, 15 and a half points that Texas is giving to Oklahoma State. I like the Cowboys to cover this, and I wouldn't be shocked if it's kind of tight late. Um, I was about to say, this This seems like a Mike Gundy special. I mean, yeah. you know, I didn't know what to think of Oklahoma State when they just got ripped by UCF two or three uh -huh. weeks ago. But, you know, then they came back and beat Houston, beat BYU. That was a great game, by the way, double overtime. Yeah. I, I just caught little sections of it. But, um, you know, I, I think Oklahoma State is a flawed team, obviously, but has enough weapons that they're going to come in playing fast and loose against – you know what I mean? Like, it's it's – essentially a free shot and I wouldn't be surprised I think Gundy has the chops to make this incredibly close if not you know upset special time so I I do think mm -hmm. Texas will figure out a way to win but yeah I I think this is going to be a good one I'm going to be watching that one I really like Ollie Gordon I, I think that he's kind of the x factor here I think if they can run the ball with him keep Quinn Ewers and that offense on the sideline uh, I think Oklahoma State has a a real shot to not only cover but uh, you know win outright. Um, right. Yeah. I mean, Texas is favored for a reason, but I, I don't hate this matchup for Oklahoma State. No. Yeah. I mean, you you've seen since the Alabama win and you know some non conference wins. I mean, they lose to Oklahoma. They only win by seven against Houston sneak out of there against Kansas State with a three-point win. They beat TCU by three, Iowa State by 10. Um, you know, outside of the Texas blowout Tech against, by 70 million. Yeah, outside of that blowout, I mean, they've they've been kind of tiptoeing around. So, um Sark will have them motivated. They're trying to get that conference title and and keep pace and and try to have an outside shot at a playoff 
spot if somebody else were to stumble. But yeah, I like the Cowboys to cover. Um, all right. Also on Saturday, 3 p.m. CBS, Mercedes-Benz in Atlanta. We've got number one, Georgia. Number eight, Alabama. I would imagine Alabama might move up a spot. Georgia only giving six and a half here. Um, That's respecting the tide right there. Yeah, five and a half per uh, bet MGM, but oof. I don't know. This is a this has been an interesting Georgia team this year. Um, because you know, the reputation of Kirby and the defense and how good that defense was a couple of years ago and how loaded that defense was. All the guys went to the NFL. They certainly reloaded and they've got talent on this defense, but they've just been doing it with offense. The offense has just been tremendous. Um I kind of like Georgia here to cover and I just I don't necessarily know if it'll be close. I, I don't I don't think Jalen Milrow can run around on Georgia. I, I think Kirby's gonna be ready. And I think this might be a flex game for Georgia here. You know, that we talked about that Death Star mode. I think this is where they kind of remind everyone, hey, like we're going for right. like they game. like they did against Old Miss. You know, I mean that was yeah. uh you know I don't know Old, if Old Miss yeah. was Ole Miss was just kind of in the wrong place at the wrong time on that one. Yeah. That was a that was, and I think Alabama, like you said, I I don't know if it will get that lopsided, but yes, I think, and I, I think with the Nick Saban coach team, and I, you know, this has been arguably, and I've seen this written a couple times. I'm not the first person to say this, but this might be Nick Saban's best coaching job, or at least one of his best. Probably. ones. it's been impressive yeah. how he brought this this team together to go eight and zero in the conference and. You know, even if they lose to Georgia, I think he's pulled out every last little bit of talent that this Alabama team has. So, um, yeah, I like Georgia to 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 cover. I think they'll be all yeah. right. Yeah, but, I do too. Uh, but yeah, and I don't think it's going to be close. Like, I don't think it's going to come down to a final drive. But I think it's going to be competitive. So, but Georgia, yeah, they're just. I, I just think they're too good at this point. Yeah, Lad McConkey and Brock Bowers took the week off for clean old fashioned hate. And um, so they'll be rested and ready to go here. Um, all right. Seven o'clock, Fox, Michigan, Iowa. Talked a little bit about it earlier. The number is 23 and a half. I think Iowa covers. They're never, ever close to winning this game david but i think they cover and michigan just wins a disgusting game yeah i it's hard to, you know, 23 points is a lot when you're playing iowa <laughs> that's you know it's just yeah. i just don't know how many points are going to be scored like this feels more like a you know 20, like 20 to nothing michigan they are 24 <laughs> to 7 yeah, yeah like something like that 20 21 to 3 like that sort of thing the, like, the total is 34, 35 and a half. So basically that means that they <laughs> believe that – how does that even work out? How would a 23-point win? There's a reason I didn't study math. Yeah, so that would be yeah, like – Don't don't ask me. <laughs> so it would be like a 29-7 to seven win, 29-6, to six, yeah. something like that. Like in that range, that's what they're thinking. Which, yeah. I mean – I still think that's a little 30, yeah, 30 to six, you know, 31 right. to seven. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, you know, I, I wouldn't be surprised if this game is a little like the egg bowl was where Iowa comes out really makes it. Cause they, obviously they can play defense. Um, yeah. And this game is, you know, seven to nothing at halftime. And, but it, you know, and then Michigan slowly pulls away, but yeah, we'll see. I they, like I said, I think it would be hilarious if Iowa. Oh yeah, got in there. Amazing. There's going to be a lot of just with everything that's happened with Harbaugh this year. There's going to be a lot of Iowa fans out there. Yeah, I think the the big thing Iowa doesn't have a chance, but I, I wouldn't even give them a chance to win. But I think it would be much closer if Cooper DeJean was was still healthy and was playing. Not only mm -hmm. they're the best cover corner for Iowa, but he's a huge impact guy and special teams 
punt returns. Right. Uh, you know, maybe you steal a touchdown with a punt return or something, but he's out for the year. But yeah, I think Michigan wins it, but I think Iowa can muddy this one up enough to just make it kind of silly. But yeah, Michigan will, will win the Big Ten title and keep yeah, pace it with, should, with everybody. Shouldn't be a problem. Right. No. All right. Last one we're going to talk about here Louisville, Florida State, top 10 Louisville. Um, what a weird game. It I is. Have no and, idea. You know, because Kentucky obviously beat Louisville last week, and you wonder, I don't know how much of an effect, but, you know, Florida State, I think, obviously is not quite the Florida State that we knew from early in the season, but they, they no. kept winning games. So, yeah. And, and yeah, I say top 10. They won't be top 10 um, after the playoff rankings, but the line's only two and a half, but I still like the Knowles to cover. I think that whether it's Rotomaker or Brock Glenn, they have enough pieces around those two guys to win by three points. Um, I mean, Trey Benson's been outstanding on the ground. Whoever is under center, throw it to Johnny Wilson, throw it to Keon Coleman. And Florida State's defense has been just really lights nice. out. So, yeah. Jared Verse is is going to get after Plummer, and I I don't know. Good year for Louisville. That I just they're not winning this game. I, yeah, I, would, I just I would don't think they're good enough shocked. either. And I think Rotomaker, like even though he's you know limited in some ways, I think going through that game against Florida will be a big boost for him. Just the the ups right. and downs of a big rivalry game, just being out there for it. Um, yeah. And Florida State pulling that out. So, you know, I, I don't think Florida State's going to have amazing quarterback play, but I also don't think it's going to be a disaster. So in, with that in mind, I, I do think Florida State can win this game. Yeah, he – Rotomaker was, was knocked out briefly in the Florida game, came back. So I would imagine he's ready to go for this one. Um, but, yeah, I, you know Norvell's going to want to really put an exclamation point if he can – to, you know, hey, show the voters. You know, hey, right. I mean, Florida State's definitely – because they got to win, and they got to win convincingly. Yeah. Uh, you know, I mean, this is – you know, it's not just – you need some style points in this game too. But, man, could you imagine Florida State wins, they're undefeated, Oregon emphatically beats Washington, and a one-loss Oregon jumps them? I mean – I understand why people would be upset about that, but I also understand why it would happen. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, I just yeah. I do think Oregon is better than Florida State, but yeah, a, a thirteen and zero Florida State team getting left out of the playoff. Yeah, that's yeah that that. Because if don't you know. look the, at it, the twelve game playoff is getting here one year too late. I know this is the perfect year for it because you have to think. Georgia's going to be one. Michigan will be two. Right. Um, I mean, I guess Washington's three. Just they won last week. If well, it's at not, the moment they are, yeah. Yeah, if they're not three, maybe Florida State jumps them to three. Uh, I mean, right there. I mean, I think that's the top four. Georgia, Michigan, Washington, Florida State, and then you've got – Oregon is the first one out and either Texas or Bama. It'd have to be Texas because they beat Bama. Yeah. Yeah, I can so. – you know, could you see Oregon jumping Florida State this week? Ah, oh, man, probably not. I mean, right? Yeah, well, I'm just, I'm just kind of – that was more of a – just yeah, tossing it around in my head, but it would ease some of the sting of of next week if that happens. Is that, but, yeah. right? Maybe they set it up with that because because Ohio State's out. Like, yeah, Ohio State's out. Like they're going to you know, drop te- to six or seven. Right. Um, Texas Texas still has a, a shot, an outside shot, and then yeah. I, I, Alabama obviously still has a shot too if they somehow beat Georgia. 
Oh yeah, it, if Alabama beats Georgia, they're going to jump into the top four. You right. know that that's going to happen. Like and if something know, like that happened, it gets really weird. It it would be yeah 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 that would be complete chaos. Yeah, because does Georgia still get in? Like, uh, yeah, maybe no, that's that's. Right. I, I think I think it would still get in, but woo. Right, but somebody's getting left out that's going to be upset. Yeah, that's the thing. It's like this is the perfect year for a twelve-team playoff. Right there, this is there's going to be a fifth wheel somewhere. Somebody's going to be <laughs> yeah. upset. All right, um, as we are closing up shop here, a little bit of breaking news per Pete Thamel, Arkansas, looking to bring back Bobby Petrino as its next offensive coordinator. How about that's one way for Sam Pittman to get folks back on uh <laughs> back on his side. I so. I hope they I hope Petrino rolls up on a motorcycle when they introduce him. That'd be amazing. <laughs> you gotta you gotta show. Gotta I show mean, there's somebody. your there's uh Hunter Urochek's kind of loophole or, or kind of his his hail mary. If Sam Pittman can't get it done, or if they're bad again, then you just promote Petrino and make him the head coach again. Right. If you're Sam Pittman, I'm sure that at least is slightly disconcerting to have Petrino <laughs> under you. But at this point, Pittman doesn't really have a chance. He should just thank his lucky stars he has a job. That's what I just Pitt- don't understand why he was retained. You, well, especially probably... and, then to, and then to retain him and then just get smoked by Missouri. Oh, yeah. Just smoked. Like yeah. that, the optics of that were not good. Uh, yeah, why would you do that? Because honestly, yeah. I mean, well, you everyone just it... likes Sam Pittman. I really do think it's yeah. like kind of it's sort of the and, and he's but it reminds me of the Andy Kennedy situation at Ole Miss. Like you can't like being a nice guy and being a guy that people like can't you know it can't save you forever, but it can get you past like one rough situation. And mm-hmm. I, I think that yeah. this is Pittman. And you remember Andy Kennedy and the cab driver and all that stuff. You know, they could have parted ways. And if Andy Kennedy had been a jerk, I think they might have. But everybody loved Andy Kennedy. So you get, you know, it, being a nice guy doesn't always help, but it can help. And I think it helped Sam Pittman in this one. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, that's I, everybody that I've ever spoken with that is either connected to Arkansas or has spoken with Sam Pittman or worked with him. They say that the the dude's just, you know, all the cliches shirt off his back, you know, salt of the earth. And I believe him because he seems like an awesome guy. He's a great fit for Arkansas in a lot of ways. I mean, he's just got to win at some point. And I I just wonder if, you know, the personal connection, like you said, made Hunter Juracek do something that wasn't smart in the long term future of the program but who uh, knows i think a lot of people are rooting for sam Pittman. i just i don't see how he really turns it around at this point hey uh, yeah if you, if you just don't do anything and then after the battle line game against missouri where arkansas is just blown to smithereens then you just fire him and nobody's going to be mad i mean it'll be no. a it'll be a tearful goodbye because right. everybody there a, loves him but it's understandable. Right. It's a shame, but you get it. You totally yeah. get it. And I, I agree with you that there was no reason. I mean, I'm sure there was some sort of like pressure to have some sort of finality, you know, for recruits and different things like that. But if you're, you're a tech, you just gotta, you gotta shut your mouth for another week and just let it play out and see what happens. And he put himself in a bad position by, you know, coming oh, out dude. and then, yeah. <laughs> you know, you know, he's just sitting up in the, sweet during that game just just sitting there just pounding whiskey and he's just like god right just like oh my god what have i done yeah because i mean there was was always there was always like the outside chance that like like, maybe yeah like maybe they'll play hard for him one more time and I mean, once early in that game when KJ Jefferson got hurt, I mean, it was just it was over. Because I mean, yeah. when he got hurt, like they were driving the football. I know it was one drive, but like they looked like they had a pulse. And then after he goes down, I mean, it, it was over. 
Yeah, nothing. Ugh. Yeah, that, a tough year for KJ Jefferson and just that whole team because I do think that team was slightly better than their whatever they finished at four and eight. What are they? But I, you know, Arkansas. Just at some point, at some point, you are what your record says they are. Yeah, they Arkansas finished four and eight, one and seven in the SEC, which is not yeah. going to get it done. No, not good. Especially All in right. year what year four for Pippen? Three? Yeah, three, four. Yeah. Is he? Yeah. Got there when Kiffin was hired at uh Ole Miss. at Ole Miss. So yeah, um, all right, that is going to do it for this edition of Daytime Fireworks. We'll be back next week. We'll, by then, we'll, we'll have some clarity on the playoffs. We'll talk playoffs. We'll talk bowl games. Hopefully, Ole Miss will have some uh some clarity of its own, knowing uh where it will be headed for uh what most believe a January bowl game. So shout out to David over there for joining us once again. Shout out to you, the listener for tuning in as of course, thanks to Drew Moak, USA benefits group, college corner, and the rest of our sponsors that bring this show to you each and every week, David, as always, it was a pleasure, buddy. We'll talk next week. Absolutely. Have a good week. All right, buddy. Until then we out. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.